0: Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all
1: walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Bree Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Power podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today, we have Jennifer Obby with us. She's a <laughs> certified financial advisor, author of Naked Wealth, host of the Naked Wealth podcast, and a coach. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, happy to be here. good to reconnect. <laughs> it is, right? So to start, I always like to um, tell us a little bit about you and what you're currently doing.
0: All right. I am, as you mentioned, a certified financial planner. So I work with individuals uh, and couples on the, um not on the institutional side, but on the more private individualized side of things, um, helping people really just hit their goals. So if your goal is to start a business and you need to get your money in order, you know, I'm there to be that sounding board. If your goal is to slow down or change careers or retire altogether, whatever those dreams are I'm a lot of people think like oh you sell stocks and bonds like yeah I do but that's the way to get to where you're going it's you know it's like okay well that's part of the journey it's not the whole picture so I really am that point person like people will call me and say all right I'm thinking of doing this should I take a loan for this business transaction Or should I use my cash I have set aside? Like, what's the right thing right now? Or I'm going to buy a car or I want to retire at this age. Which buckets of that I have, where should the income come from? And then I will work on positioning people's money. But my primary goal is, um, like I said, it's an advisor. It's a planner to help people have a real solid idea of um, what action steps need to be taken on a regular basis and to be a point person to connect to their accountant and their attorney and all the other financial professionals involved to put the puzzle together.
1: I love that. So I interview a lot of female entrepreneurs and like half of them go, you know, I just like quit my nine to five, my corporate nine to five job and just like jumped right into this. And I feel like that's such a scary thing. Um, but it's, it sounds like you're the person to chat before, you know, you just make the leap and, you know, t- jump into something brand new.
0: Yeah, I think it's helpful. Or, and, and as you're going, you know, financial planning isn't A destination, it's a process. And I think a lot of people get confused uh, between the difference between financial products and financial planning. And they'll say, well, why would I pay you when I can do it on RoboAdvisor for free? Well, the reason you pay me is because you can buy that anywhere. Just the same as you can, you can go on and do your own website. You can go get your own, go on LegalZoom and type out your own will, I suppose. But is it going to function? Is it optimized? And having somebody in your corner who's works with a lot of different people and can see the curveballs that could come, the pitfalls in your plan, just to have that extra set of eyes and ears, I mean, I think is helpful in any business, really, to have those checks and balances.
1: For sure, especially with your money too. I feel like um, when I first met a financial advisor, he just kept talking about retirement, and I was like, "Hey, that's like not my goal right now. My goal is to like you know get to a place where I can you know live off my income and be comfortable, and not so much like think about long term goals." Which I think is something that you do need to plan about. But I think he just went about this total wrong way for me, and I was like, "I don't, I don't ever want to work with you know a financial person if that's how they're all going to be." But he was just like, you know, not Mm -hmm. the right person for me.
0: I think that's common. Um, A lot of times I have people come to me and they're like, well, I've been working with my father's financial advisor because my whole family does. And it's a very transactional approach. It really is why people really do think of uh, financial planners as stock jockeys um, because of that. And as well as there's been a real big focus on retirement. But my opinion is really that Retirement is very different now than it was 10 years ago. People are not retiring. They're not cold turkey ending work. So it's really about your lifestyle now in five years, and 10 years, and in 30 years, knowing that you're never going to nail it down. So you're making the best decisions with what you have in mind. But to completely bypass the next 20 years to think about something that's 40 years down the road, it doesn't really make a lot of sense in my mind.
1: Not for sure. I think I was 25 and he's like, you know, when you're 65 and I was like, Hey, it's like I don't even can't even think of when I'm 30, you know, at that point <laughs> in my life. And I was like, I don't know if I can even think about that. It was felt very overwhelming.
0: Yeah. You need, you need to consider the fact that hopefully someday you will be 65 and you need to, you know, simultaneously think about that. What you've got to completely just be like, all right, well, let's just talk about retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's something I, you know, I have done in the past, you know, I've, the way I think financial advisors are often trained is that like, we're just going to like jump, someone comes in and you're just going to be like, Hey, so when do you want to retire? But maybe that's not important. So I think the better question is what's important to you right now? Like, why are you even here? And just leaving an open dialogue because it's likely something you haven't even thought of because you don't know that
1: person yet. Right. Exactly. Love that. So let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get into financial planning? So I was an entrepreneur prior to being a financial planner. I
0: was in the field of special education. I spent one year actually teaching. So I had certifications in special ed. I was, you know, a certified teacher and I thought did it one year and said, "Nope, this is not for me." Um I was going to school for technology for uh, disabilities. And I decided to launch my own practice doing that. So I became a consultant. I had four kids under the age of seven at the time and special ed was not shrinking. It was growing. And then unfortunately still uh, the numbers are all constantly rising. Um, so my business was booming, which is a great problem to have, except for the fact that I didn't have the bandwidth Or the knowledge really at the time, or the wisdom or the team in place, the supports. I didn't have it now. I would, I would know my, I have the resources in place. I know more, but I was very naive 20 something year old with my head just completely engulfed in motherhood. So I said, this isn't going to work right now. My father was a financial advisor. I saw what he was doing, which was very similar to what I was doing. I was working with individuals with disabilities, helping them reach their goals. And he was doing the same thing with adults and uh who were generally um not disabled sometimes they were but um and I said I I think I could do that you know and it had the support of a bigger company um the training the things that I was missing at the time so I I changed over and built my book of business and yeah kind of got going back in about 10 years ago now
1: nice it's awesome it's always hard to make that pivot, though, right? So, what were some of the biggest struggles when you first started um, your financial advising business?
0: So, I have started my financial advising business, and then about a year later, I went through a divorce. So, that was really challenging. I wasn't that. Well, again, when you have little kids, you're just, you're just the money's just going out, and you're, I was you know in my 20s, uh, and then late 30s, I mean early 30s, and I was kind of new to the. My, I was working part time in my other business. So it wasn't like I'd stockpile, you know, a lot of times someone who's going to launch a business has taken some time and premeditated. And so I'm going to tuck some money over here so I can live on that while I'm not taking any income. And I hadn't done that. Uh, fortunately, um, I did have you know some income to begin with but not not enough and so it was challenging because I'm a financial advisor and I'm supposed to know all about money but yet I was making choices like hey we're not going to have cable tv you're going to watch dvds the kids because we can't afford it right now and it you just felt a bit like a fraud so getting over that feeling of having a fraudulent existence was definitely challenging for me because you can get in your head like, you know, what business do I have telling people about money when I can't I don't even have it all together. But, you know, it wasn't that I didn't know how to handle money. I just didn't have any money to handle. So, you know, but it also allowed me gave me a lot of empathy. Um, for when I'm working with people now or speaking with people, understanding the various spectrums from very, very high net worth people and their needs, as well as right down to where they may have started or where their children may be. So it it really does give you the breadth of experience. So I I, think everything, things happen for you, not to you. So I really strongly believe that. But that was probably my biggest struggle next to just building the business. Where the heck do you find the next client. And and I'm not going to lie. I mean, that doesn't disappear. You know, you feel like it it goes, the cycle is slower. Now it used to be like every single day, you're like, all right, I found someone today. I'm at ground zero tomorrow where now it's more like, all right, I'm crazy busy for three, four, five months. And then I think, oh my gosh, where's the next, you know, where are my next clients going to come from? I don't know. And then, and then they come, but so it's, it's easier now it's slower, but you can still get stuck there.
1: I think that's something really important that you said too that people don't often realize is that I feel like entrepreneurship is always kind of that you're always going to be in that place. Like you need that next thing or that next, you know, the next client. And I feel like that never really goes away. Um, And I feel like some people are always like, I just need to get to this place, you know, and then I can stop. I feel like, you know, even when you get to that place, a lot of times you're like, oh, well, I still, you know, need more or my income has grown, but so have my expenses. Um, Yeah.
0: That that's a point that I've been contemplating a lot
1: with a training
0: I've been doing and really been thinking a lot about is the concept of enough. And I think it's important as entrepreneurs, because you're right, that line's gonna keep moving. There's the finish line is just gonna keep going, going, going. So I think it's is important to, you know, consider inflation, consider, you know, your future needs, paying for your kids' college, those types of things, but what amount of net worth? you know, inflation adjusted is going to be enough. And then what amount can maybe I give away and, you know, and have some extreme generosity or, you know, help somebody else or what, whatever those are, but what, where is that line? And what is that standard you want to live to feel like I'm really going to be fulfilled. Cause yeah, I don't think if you don't identify that to some degree, and it's going to be a hazy line, no matter what, but it is, it's going to keep moving. Cause you're just going to keep building your life up to the point of your your income and as much as your income increases, your spending increases income and and you just keep chasing the line and you never really feel like you've made it. And I think if you can somewhat identify where the line of enough is for you, knowing it might shift, but it doesn't need to go from, okay, I identified that, you know, 400,000 a year is going to be enough. And then anything above that, I'm going to give away. I'm going to you know, save up to build a, I don't know, wing in the local hospital or whatever it is that drives you and it, you know, or help my family more or whatever. I think um it's important to to identify where that is. Um And, and I don't know where the, and the answer is going to be very, very different for everybody, you know, but if you're just like, oh, now I'm making 3 million, 10 million, it's still not enough. Like <laughs> you're probably never going to have some level of discontent.
1: For sure, I love that you said actually um, giveaway goals. So we, I always do at the beginning of every year too. I try to like do. Uh, I usually try to do ten percent of my income, but I usually like I'm like, oh, this is the goal that I want to give for this one specific thing by the end of the year. Um, and that's been really helpful for me too, because that definitely is more. You know, it's more driving me versus you know just like oh, you know, I want to make let's say you know like a hundred thousand dollars this year off this thing. You know, and it's like oh, do I need that much money or? stuff like that. So it's like, oh, if I actually have like that goal and, you know, and that fulfillment in it, it's really, it's super helpful. I really, I like doing that a lot.
0: Yeah. And, and not every, you know, everyone's driven by something different. I was speaking to someone who said, you know, my main thing is I want to get one really great car. Okay, cool. But when you have it, where how are you going to keep it from the line from moving? So do that. But what else? Like, what else is part of that enough for you? And maybe that's, you know, you've hit it then. And then what's your plan after that? Is it to keep upgrading the new cars? Okay, I want to get this great new car. And then in five years after that, I'll get another one. But maybe it's not. I need 10 of them. But what is that thing that will really make you feel really satisfied and content? But I, I love... um One of my goals in my business and my wise is to have that extreme generosity. I just um, thought came up with this concept of the impact 200. And, you know, for my practice, it's really important to me that I have impact and the 200 represents some um, numbers within my practice. Um, in terms of clients and assets and different types of things. But um, then the, the third 200 is, you know, 200 years of impact. I'd like to impact for at least 200 years so that I'm working with people in my community and I the work I do with them, you know, and beyond with their money impacts their kids and their grandkids and their grandkids and even the people who eventually take over my practice and work in my practice and their kids and grandkids and that, that impact just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading.
1: No, I love that so much. That's such a great goal. It's definitely
0: motivating because then it really, you had mentioned, um, you know, we recorded on my podcast and you talked about your core values and I think it all ties into that. You know, I think, you know, you start with your core values and your why, and if you know why your feet hit the ground every day and you can really have that really big picture, it makes it easier to make that call or do that thing. That's really hard.
1: It does for sure. Speaking of doing hard things, (laughs) entrepreneurship has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days?
0: So as I mentioned, they come and there, you know, there's days when everything just hits you and everything just falls apart in your hands and you think, Oh my gosh, why is everything going so poorly today? But you know, tomorrow's always new. So I, I always, I was a big, uh, you Green Gables fan growing up. And I, I feel like she always said that there's tomorrow, tomorrow's a new day. And I've always had that in the back of my mind. So I'll usually, if I can, I'm just like, I'm just done for today. I'm just going to stop. Like there's no point in going and going and going and giving yourself a headache and getting yourself in a really cranky space where you can't be present for anybody. So I'll usually just try to focus on something that's truly important. You know what? This stuff is all, you know, generally it's nothing that's going to be earth shattering. It's usually little irritations and things that could be big, but you know, take ownership of anything you need to take ownership for. So that's number one. If I screwed up and it's a result of something I did or someone on my staff did, I'm a hundred percent responsible for anything, anyone on my staff and myself. So I'll take ownership, apologize. And then, um, generally, you know, Take those next steps. Like, what's one thing I can do tomorrow, or today? You know, either I'll do it that day and then say, okay, now I'm done for today and we'll pick this up later. But, you know, making it as right as I can and then stepping in the grass, looking up at the sky, see that the world's still turning, everything's okay. Take some deep breaths, enjoy some time in the sun, do something with my kids. I think, um, but yeah, just whatever it is, like it's everything's going to be okay. And just knowing that, you know, and knowing whatever generally if you make a mistake, just own that thing and just say, okay, I totally screwed up. And other times it's just, things are falling apart. So it's just easy to say, you know, I'm just going to take today and and be done with it. But I I, I basically stepping away and starting fresh the next day.
1: For sure. A lot of times if I'm like stuck on something too, and I step away, I feel like if I actually would, You know, a lot of times I have been like, "Oh, I'm so frustrated, but I need to finish this today." Like I told myself, I was going to finish it today, and a lot of times it'll take me like hours longer than it would normally if I like stepped away and then came back. Mm -hmm. You know, the next day I probably could have done it in like you know 20 minutes. But sometimes you do need to take that step and actually just you know step away, come back later. Most likely, you can clear head and think about a whole different solution that you couldn't even see before. Yeah, that happens to me a lot if I'm
0: doing like some a speaking engagement or something where I'm trying to think, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And I'll generally not plan that too far out because generally I get new inspiration as I come closer to the time. But there has been times when I'm just like, I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. And I'm really up against the deadline. And I'm trying, like you said, it's like eight o'clock at night. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I have to just get something down. And I find when I hit that, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to shut it off. I'm just going to watch TV or read a book or whatever. And then I'll just get up early. Like my brain works so well early in the morning and all of a sudden it just comes and I'm like, Oh, that was so easy, but it's just, you gotta, and you have to know your optimal times of day. Some people are night people. Some people are morning people. Like when are you at your optimal state? And
1: maybe you try to get that hard work done then. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it is different for every single person. Um, I actually did a quiz a while ago. I totally forgot what I was like a doll. I remember I was a dolphin, but I don't remember what it meant or anything like that. But this (laughs) like this cool quiz online that like tells you these are different types of uh when you're most productive. I'll have to find it. Um, but it's a fun one. It's pretty cool because you're right. If you're not productive in the morning, then you shouldn't be working in the morning. If you're more productive at night, then work at night. Like it's pretty simple. But most likely you're gonna get things done a lot quicker and more effectively. Definitely. So I have one last question before we kind of wrap up. What tips do you have for women who want to start? Being an entrepreneur or even just starting your industry specifically?
0: Sure. Um, Well, generally speaking, I'd say, you know, know what drives you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. We all were. And what is it inside you that makes you you? What lights you up? And if you find that thing, it's never... I mean, it's cliche, but it really won't feel like work. There'll be days that feels like work. There'll be certain tasks that feels like work. But overall, you're just, it'll continue to light you up because it's not your job. It's your mission. And so I think if you can spend the time and really like take a retreat day for yourself and take a walk, take a bath, get a massage, but be very intentional about that time and figure out like, what is it that brings me joy when I'm if you're somebody who just loves when so you know loves it, but when you're if if your people in your life become ill and you're such a good caretaker, why? Like figure that out. Like, why are you there in those moments? If you love balancing your checkbook and that brings you joy, why? What is it about that? How can you use that joy and that skill to help others? And then um yeah, and, and write down um your core values. What is it about you that is just those non-negotiables like, and like what are your core values that make you feel um, passionate about that Passionate about helping people with that and that you would want to make sure exude in your business and then figure out one action step you can take. Maybe that one action step is just talk to somebody else who's done it, you know, and do that the next day and pick one thing every day to take action towards that. Um, Getting a business coach, maybe, maybe just talking to a mentor, maybe it's researching online you know then maybe it's a few of those things um but yeah i think whatever you do just progress by one inch and if you stack that every single day you'll you'll get there um i I know it seems overwhelming whatever you want and everyone starts something new you have a million reasons why it's not going to work i mean it's the money it's the time it's well i already have this job how do i make the switch to that job it's how do I balance the time for both jobs? What happens if I just quit my job and start this and it doesn't work? I mean, the, the doubts, the fears, they're real and they're going to be there, but you need to surround yourself with um, if, that why, those core values and the people around you who will support you in your dreams, because there's also going to be plenty of people who won't support you. So um, make sure you surround yourselves with the right people and take one action step. And I think that's the best
1: thing. I think you said it exactly right. Perfect. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite book?
0: My favorite book. I love John Maxwell books. They are absolutely my favorite. Um, anyone I pick up, I always I'm like highlighting like crazy. Uh so I find just they have a lot of great leadership tips in them. And I think leadership in any business is the key, um, with your leading yourself, your family, and other employees. So I love leadership in particular is I think my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm reading, uh, good, good boundaries and goodbyes right now by Lisa Turkhurst. And that just came out about a month ago. And that's really, really good too. Especially if you're somebody who's a very much a yes person who, allows people to call them all hours of the day, who finds yourself completely overextended, um, signing up for the bake sale at the school. And at the same time, you're supposed to be doing something else, you know, or just in your personal life, you find like, Everyone's railroading over you and you're not spending those hours on the things you want to or or whatever you're in a relationship with trauma in it. Um, but it's really, really a great book. And I think it, it's very helpful, especially as an entrepreneur because I think time management um, and giving someone your best guess is really key. Well,
1: I'll definitely have to read that one too. I'm always loved to learn more about boundaries um and i love that you said leadership books even if because you have to lead yourself i've never heard anybody say that and that's a really cool line because for a long time i did not read leadership books for that exact reason i was like i don't have a team you know there's no point but you're right you do have to lead yourself such as option or you're you're your own boss you have to take that role seriously too can't lead yourself you definitely can't lead anybody else (laughs) and uh tell us a little bit about your book as well
0: So my book uh, is called Naked Wealth, and it's a very high level look at, um, you know, things you need to get your basic finances in position, conversations to have with yourself, your family, your spouse, um, in terms of uh, what your goals, dreams are and. You know, then just getting those basic documents, um, estate documents and things in order and why you might want to at any age, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, when I'm 65, I'll do that. Well, no, if you're 18 or over, you need to do that. And so it's a very, very basic look. It's really good for anybody just starting out and really wants to get their financial house in order. Um, so just there's some basic things that you can
1: really get your head wrapped
0: around and thinking about to take some good action steps.
1: Awesome. So where can people connect
0: with you and find your book? So the book is on Amazon. Again, it's Naked Wealth. Uh, My podcast is Naked Wealth Podcast. So that's on Amazon, Spotify, Amazon, yeah, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple. And my website is wawm.lpl.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook.
1: Awesome. And I'll have all of those links in the show notes, everybody, as well. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast.